podcast today it's holly and nira and i holly refuse science no no i'm just saying no it's because they said something about her precious coffee that's right science you're wrong about coffee she can't handle it okay well something you can't handle a new turn on talk oh brand new turn on talk all thanks to bridgerton season two they got us again oh yes they got us and do you know that the workplace has a new name it does because we can't handle workplace anymore. Uh-oh, tone. <laughs> Take a listen. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. Did you know that the workplace, it has a new name, your workplace. It's not the workplace anymore because it's too much for us to handle. Especially okay. because we just went through or are still in a pandemic. <laughs> Many people are working from home right, for a couple years. Can't call it the workplace. Welcome to your hybrid environment. That's the new name? Your hybrid environment. Your hybrid environment? Yes, because that's what it is. It's a hybrid environment to help you feel safe, help help you feel more flexible, help you feel like you're supported and encouraging you to be kind and patient with other people and those around you. Help you to adjust to success in your hybrid environment. Wow. Can't call it workplace. First of all, tone. (laughs) I love your tone. Thank you. It's very holly. Thank you. Well, because has this been a hybrid environment for two years for us? No. (laughs) Thank you. We've been here the whole time. Yes, through all of it, all the waves, all the mask on, mask off, all the mm-hmm. lysoling, mm-hmm. all of it. And nobody's ever talked to us about any of it. No, this is the problem. Okay, so obviously this is the first week in our building here at 969 Robson where there are real people coming, because we're also not real, Nira. We're there not. are real people coming mm-hmm. back into this building and they've started to trickle in. And they're working from here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, adjusted work schedule. Because five days a week, let's not push it. It's, it's too much. It's you too got, much. You got to have kind of like a little segue, adjustment <laughs> period. That's right. Mm-hmm. So now people are back in the building, but so we keep getting all these emails like, guys, if you see people in the building, make sure they feel safe. <laughs> okay, make sure you're saying happy, safe return. You're safe. Check in with them. You are safe here. Make sure they're okay. But the whole time we're like, what about us? Well, I think, the yeah, the flip side also has to happen. Yeah. You have to think of the psyche of the people who have been here for two years mm-hmm. without other people around. I feel like all the teachers have our backs. Teachers. Yes. Nurses. Yeah. But healthcare. I, mean, I don't want to compare us to that because <laughs> no, they're no. the real heroes of, of the community. Co- of course. The teachers and the healthcare workers, you yeah. are the true heroes. Honestly. But could you imagine teachers and healthcare workers if all of a sudden we like st- start coming into your workplace? We're like, you need to make us feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> Check on, hello, what about me? Check on us. Check on me. But it would be nice if someone was like, hey, is it okay? Like, how are you feeling now that people are coming back in? No, no one cares. Tell us we're safe. I want to know that I'm safe. Right. Tell me I'm safe. Well, I mean, you're safe now because it's so early. No one's here. But once they get here, do I feel safe? Right. This is also a hybrid environment now for me. 
You're right. It's totally changing. Yeah, I got right. used to a lot of people not being here. I don't know that there are those few people. I had some talks with some other people from mm-hmm. different floors mm-hmm. who also got accustomed to not having that many people around. Well, you your highlight of COVID has been a personal bathroom here at work. Oh my gosh, it's the best thing in the entire world. Like that's really your number one concern. You don't yes. want to have to share the bathroom with anybody. The coworker bathroom here has many stalls. Yeah, but the sign on the coworker bathroom for. Yeah, it was two, two years. years that said one person at a time only. It was great. <laughs> like, take your time. You're in there doing your hair. Who knows what? And now other people walk in. I know. It's so trippy. I had to pee yesterday beside somebody, right in the stall, right beside me. Remember? I, yesterday, Holly was walking out of the bathroom. I'm walking into the bathroom, and she gave me the look of, there's someone else here. <laughs> We're not alone. Holly and Mira. All night without it, could you do it? My friend Chantel just did it. She went to Dua Lipa last Friday night and did not pull her phone out once. What? Impressive. I was like, were you even there? She's like, yeah, wasn't Dua Lipa so good? Because you and I went with Johnny, actually. Yeah, we went. Amazing Amazing show. It was my first time. Since the pandemic. <laughs> that was her reason why yes. she didn't pull her phone out, Mira. I believe her. She hasn't been out in two years. And yes. she's like, I wanted to actually enjoy myself and like have some drinks and be with friends and dance and just like, I don't know, feel free. Be present. Have fun. Yes, be present. Be present. I was actually doing really good until, Holly, you kept whipping out your phone. Oh, here we go. It's my fault. It is. Okay. It is. I'm Why? not joking because then you made me feel like I was doing something wrong by not having my phone out. Well, that's your issue. I know. <laughs> I know. I, that's the problem. That's what you see because you see it. It's so easy to see other people on their phones. Yeah. Right? In that situation. Mm-hmm. So then you do that herd mentality. You copy the behavior. Mm-hmm automatically you copy the behavior because you feel like, whoa, am I doing something wrong by not doing what they're doing? She said it felt so good. It must have felt amazing. She only brought it out twice to call an Uber to go and to call an Uber to go home. Like that's the only time she had her phone out. She didn't take any pictures. Well, I wanted to take any video. You want a photo just to like... Prove you were there. To prove you were there. Exactly. She didn't post anything. She didn't take anything. I was like, you were there? She's like, yeah, it was so good. I'm like... Prove what, what Prove was she it. wearing? <laughs> like, I was real, I didn't even believe her. Because you're right. If you didn't post it, did it even happen? Yes. <laughs> you know? And it is one of those things where it's so easy to see other people on their devices. And every person had their phone out. Right? And when you see that... <laughs> That's why I love it when artists themselves on stage say, "Okay, yeah. for ten minutes, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna ask everyone, put your phones away just for ten minutes during mm-hmm. this show, and just watch me without a lens." I went and saw the Lumineers like outside at Deer Lake Park, and they played two songs. The start of the show was amazing. Played two songs. Everyone had their phones out, taping them, videotaping them, Instagramming them, and then they stopped the show, and they were like, "Okay, guys, we've all had our moment." Yeah. You've got your picture. You've got your video. Now yeah. put your phones away. Maroon 5 did the same thing. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to see any more phones. Yeah. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Adam Levine did the same thing. He's like, okay, this one, I'm going to give you every pose on this stage. <laughs> I'm going to give you every angle you want. And then after that, I'm going to ask you guys all, put your phones away. And I want you just to watch 
the show. It's so screwed up that as a society, we need to be reminded. Well, yeah, because Put artists too. Down. Artists too are annoyed by seeing all these phones everywhere. Yeah. They want to see the engagement with people. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like maybe Dua Lipa, like maybe she's like, whatever. It's This is the new this is the new world. This is the new way. These yeah. are the new rules. And she counts them. I got There's a new turn-on talk, thanks to Bridgerton. Season two of Bridgerton, completely binged it. It's been out for almost two weeks. Did you watch it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet because I heard there's like no action till episode seven. Okay, you know what? Anyways, (laughs) point is, it's a slow build-up, but it's there. And the turn-on talk is kind of this breathy growl talking. And it's all between Antony and his new love interest, Kate Sharma. Now, this is the episode. Episode 7, 49-minute mark. Okay, she's got it. uh, Yes. It's saved on my my phone, actually. Oh, my. Okay. (sighs) Please go inside. Go. Sir. Yes. Excuse me. Go inside. And he gets the snarl look on his face. And it's that heavy breath at the beginning, too. There it is. Please go inside. Then he behaves like a gentleman. Go inside. Did she go? Because I would have been like, bye, okay, let's go. (laughs) They both went, but not where, not away. They were there. (laughs) Again, like, I don't even know what the point of watching this season two is, but okay. Come on, you still gotta watch it. Do I? Yes. Everyone's so disappointed, but this is an exciting twist. The growl talk? The growl talk is like this breathy growl talk that Anthony keeps doing during season two, and it gets us all verklempt. And he does this really interesting he's constantly embracing her scent but like trying to grasp her scent but her not knowing all the time he does it when she's turned around he's constantly he's trying to smell her yes it's very animalistic yes his behavior towards her is this animalistic thing that he's trying to control and maybe yes we have to wait a lot more in season two than we did with season one but that's what it is it's this animalistic animalistic instinct between these two that they're both trying to control and then finally they can't and that's where this deep breathing the snarling the growl talking begins oh there's the The breath (laughs) yes please go inside and then go in You know what's sexist is that I couldn't pull this on my husband, John. (laughs) Like, I can be like, hey, John. (laughs) Are you you okay? I'd be like, please come over here. Come over here. He'd run. (laughs) Start smelling. Doing the smell. There we go. Come over here. Well, you sound like Smeagol, so that might be the problem. Holly and Nira. Amazing, the Whitecaps FC. They're playing this Saturday. Of course, go Whitecaps, go. Of course. But Whitecaps FC making history. 
they are set to host a Vasaki celebration at BC Plays with their game. Amazing. Vancouver Whitecaps FC to host the club's first ever Vasaki night this Saturday, celebrating the South Asian community and the Solar New Year. The parades are the world's biggest outside of Canada. I don't know if you know this. Wow. The Vasaki parades here in Surrey and Vancouver combined, because there's two of them, one in Surrey, one in Vancouver, they attract over 350,000 people each year. Wow. The biggest outside of India. Okay. And this is the Whitecaps FC facing Portland Timbers in the 100th all-time meeting between the two clubs. So it's going to be a huge yep. game. Considering it's such a huge game and for them to make it a Vasaki celebration is beyond and means so much to myself, Nira, because I'm South Asian, mm-hmm. and our entire South Asian community. They've even made a very beautiful Vancouver Whitecaps special logo for the occasion. I was just checking it out on Instagram. It's so pretty. We're going to repost it. Oh, and so and there's like a special meaning to the logo. Yeah, so it's a very beautiful logo created by Sandeep Johal. She's a local artist and she has created. she's done amazing work. And with this logo, there's the sun, which represents the sun rising and settling on the harvest and the beginning of the new life. There's the wheat in there, celebration of harvest and prosperity, which is all part of Asaki. So these are all meanings. The color, the overall color scheme of the logo represents the orange and blue of Sikhism. And the birds, uh, the bird song reminds Sandeep of her parents' village in Punjab, India. Wow. It's so beautiful. And not just that, the whole thing is going to be for a good cause as well. So when you're there, they're saying, please come early for the Whitecaps game because uh, there's going to be uh, our local DJ MS, who's going to be there with the South Asian fusion with all this Indian music. There's going to be henna face painting that's also going to be available there. Holy Masala food truck is going to be Yum. there. Guru Nanak's Free Kitchen, which is a volunteer, not for profit organization based on six teachings of Guru Nanak Dev Ji, provides freshly prepared langar, which is food, to over a thousand residents of the Vancouver's downtown east side on a weekly basis. So when you go down there and you purchase food, the money is also partial proceeds from Holy Masala. Are going to Guru Nanak's Free Kitchen. Amazing. As well. And they're going to be on site as well, uh, giving away chai tea and fundraising for their organization. Mm. So the whole thing is just going to be a beautiful celebration all about supporting community, giving back to the community, and embracing our multiculturalism of Canada. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Vasaki Day at the Whitecaps. I'm so excited. This Saturday. I want tickets now. Yeah, I bet. Me too. Let's figure this out. You should get them, not me. (laughs) Because I'm Indian? Yes. Thank you. And now, the biz with Nira. We need to say congrats on their secret wedding. That's today's top biz story. Congratulations going to Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. They did it. Oh, they did it. (laughs) Courtney Kardashian, Travis Barker. Vegas wedding chapel after the Grammys on Sunday night. Wow. 1.45 a.m. It's a sober, sober time to get married. They made a booking for that time. They got hitched, but it turns out they're not actually legally married because they never got a marriage license, but they did have an Elvis impersonator officiate the ceremony. I mean, that sounds official to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else do you need? Courtney Kardashian, Travis Barker are probably going to have a whole bunch of little celebrations still. They will officially get married too. I mean, I kind of had both. I got married, but um, the Gyaniji, the Indian priest, he actually wasn't ordained. And I didn't know that. 
Wow. So a couple of days after the wedding, I was told that I'm not actually married. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then we went ahead to go do an I do wedding <laughs> just to get legally married. Oh, my. Yeah. Did he think he was ordained? You did, know what? Did, how many people think they're married by this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ask too many questions. Okay. I was like. Okay, I'm okay. Been living in sin. <laughs> so how long after your what you thought was your wedding and you did you actually get married? Like how long? Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I was a sinner for three whole weeks. Ooh. Oh yes. Oh, there's a lot of speculation though about Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker that perhaps maybe all of a sudden this wedding was it because she's expecting? Mm. They have made it no secret that they want to have a baby together. Interesting. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you are pregnant, especially if she's just newly pregnant, 1.45 a.m., yeah. she'd be so tired. So tired. And also, this would be her first wedding. Courtney oh. Kardashians, because her and Scott Disick never got married. It would be the third for Travis Barker. Denzel Washington, he says that he prayed with Will Smith after that whole Chris Rock punch at the Oscars. Oh, Wow. Yeah, he said when he met up with Will Smith backstage, fortunately, there were people there, not just me, but others. Tyler Perry also came immediately over with him. They said prayers together. He's like, I don't want to tell you what we talked about, but uh, it was it was a message to God and to all of us to calm the situation down. That's what they were doing. Okay. And they were praying. They were praying. I think mm. at that point he should have been being dragged out of there, to mm. be totally honest. I, you know, I... It's to be a fly on the wall, honestly, yeah. in that situation. The whole thing is still mind-blowing to me that it actually even happened. I was in a parking lot yesterday around to someone I know, and it came up, and I was like, I still, I can't believe that happened. Mm. It's still mind-blowing to me. You and I were just talking off the air about how much it must suck for Chris Rock right now. Oh, I feel so terrible for him because he just started his comedy tour. Yeah. And to, he's, he doesn't want to be known. He does not want to have that be associated now with him for the rest of his life. Even on like his first stand-up show, he's like, you know, I had a whole hour planned yeah. and ready and prepped and then this happened. So And, and he's uh, still processing it all. Of course. And the the shocking thing is that when people are now going to his shows, they want him to bring it up, but he's not necessarily there to bring it up. He's not ready yeah. necessarily. And he does not want this lap to be his defining moment now for his <sighs> career from this point forward because he has worked too hard in his life. For yeah. that to be what he's known for. Yeah. You know? Tom Cruise recently invited Prince William and Kate Milton to a private event. And they came. Was it for Scientology? No. Okay. Don't say anything more. It's a religion. It is. But that's all we're going to say. In quotes. Stop. Just stop. Okay. And there, someone's listening. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Prince William, Kate Middleton, just the three of them, had a private screening of the new Top Gun Maverick movie. That would be so intense. Just you and Tom Cruise? Yes. They shut everything else down. They said that they did let a couple of other associates of the royal family in, but that's also probably for security reasons. No kidding. I feel like when you, if you were there with Tom Cruise, he'd be watching you watching the movie. He'd be like, oh God, he's He's so intense. You're not sitting behind me, Tom. He's like, why aren't you laughing that was a joke you're like i'm sorry tom why aren't you crying that was an emotional scene i can't wait to watch the movie top like tom cruise and top gun when oh. is it out when is the new one out goes down in history um it's coming out like this june now? isn't it okay yeah the, it. the preview we just actually released the trailer the tra- for it and john ham is in it yes uh-huh. it's gonna be i'm so excited i'm nira and that's the biz
Always going to be one of the biggest parties going down BC Place. HSBC Canada Sevens. The Rugby Sevens, BC Plays. Going the costumes, the beer, the cheering. It's going to be so much fun. We got actual... There's also rugby going to be played. <laughs> oh, don't well, forget about the rugby. The rugby. I'm an infield host, actually. You're going to be down on the field. Yeah. Oh, you so better get a costume. I got to talk to them. I got to figure out, what, what should I wear, Holly? At least a wig. Okay. Not that you don't have nice hair, but like something <laughs> crazy. Okay, got it. Go for it. Let's say good morning to Cyrus in Burnaby. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Cyrus, we're jealous. Well, Nira's going to be there, but I'm not going to be there. But congratulations. <laughs> Weekend passes to the Canada Sevens. No way. That's insanely cool. It's beyond cool. Tournament passes April 16th and 17th. BC plays. I'll look for you. Okay, Cyrus? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Wave to Nero and she's on the field. Okay. Congratulations. Have an amazing day. Thanks for waking up with, with us. <laughs> with us. us. And we have more tickets tomorrow morning at 7.30. Holly and Nira. Which parents are the bigger deal? Which ones really seal the deal? Okay. <laughs> it's happening. Okay. I'm talking about Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. This was in my biz yesterday. Kim Kardashian met Pete Davidson's grandparents. It's what she deserves. And people are like, oh, dude. They have taken their relationship major next level. She has met the grandparents. And I was like, oh, so what parents are the bigger deal? Hmm. Parents or grandparents? When you're dating someone and maybe are thinking about possibly becoming serious, what would you think is a bigger deal? Meeting someone's parents we're meeting the grandparents. And what would really make you think, oh, yeah, this is... I'm in. Yeah. That he really loves me. We're going to make it forever. Because Kim Kardashian just met the grandparents. And yeah. that's it. Everybody, that's it. Everybody's calling it. That these two are serious. I think the grandparents are the bigger deal. I think for Pete Davidson, the grandparents are a bigger deal. I think for humans in general, not just Pete. I Real- think if you have grandparents still, A, yeah. you're very lucky. Yeah. Precious. Uh-huh. And two, I think that's like... Whoa. Yeah, that's big. Interesting. I still feel that the parents are a bigger deal over the grandparents. Really? Yeah. I I have a grandma left, my mom's mom, so my nanima. Nanima. Yeah, she's she's alive um, and she's super cute, but she's so much more relaxed than my parents. Really? Even though my, you would think, because she's, she was so strict on my mom growing up. Classic. That she would be stricter. But no, she's way more chill that if my boyfriend <laughs> it would it wouldn't be as hardcore if Gary had met Nanima first really yeah and I do remember a couple of guys that I dated they introduced me to the grandmas first because the grandmas were just so cute and cuddly and loved right. everyone right and they're like you're not meeting my parents and my mom is like whoa intense oh really yes so sometimes I feel meeting the grandmas or the grandpas or grandparents isn't as big of a deal because they're like love comes first honey Mm. It's all about love. Follow your heart. Whereas the parents are more about what actually is going down. Interesting. Personally. I feel like grandparents lived a harder life than us. Like, yeah, their houses only cost 40 grand. Yeah. Not 2 million or whatever they are now. But like, I feel like they lived a much harder life. So like they're harder to 
meet and be like, what do you do? And you're like, <laughs> I work on the radio. And they radio. Really? Radio. <laughs> I, really, I really honestly meet just lots of cute old people. Oh, yes. And they're just they're so adorable. Sweet. And they just, they honestly really are like, follow your heart. Right. Yeah, they always have advice. They, but the good kind, like the real, yeah. like, don't give a damn what other people think. Mm. Your mom and dad don't approve of Gary. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she's obviously saying all this in Punjabi. Mm. Not in English yeah. to me, but... Or in that weird accent. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. They're, they're different. Whereas my parents are like, where is he going? What does he do? Has he made inappropriate jokes? Well, all this time we've known him. Yes. Right. You know, like, is he good enough for our daughter? Things mm. like that. Mm. I don't know. I think it's a bigger deal to meet the like to really go hardcore in with the parents mm-hmm. versus the grandparents. I think the grandparents though tell the parents things. So I think if you can win the grandparents over, yeah. they'll help you win the parents. Did your like mom listen to her parents? Uh my mom? Yeah. No, cuz she had a she had a similar situation like where my mom's parents my mom's dad specifically yeah. was so hard on her. Right? And then when he got grandkids, he was the one that hugged us the most. Yeah. He was the most loving human. She's like, who is this guy? Right. She didn't get that version of my grandpa. We got it. Mm-hmm. Right. So meeting my grandpa, that would have been, that would have been, a, that would have been not, it would have been pretty easy, mm-hmm. but he would have like, yeah, I don't know, talked people into it. I but think. you are right. Getting the blessings from the elders yes. probably does help. It's more of a yes. blessing as opposed to being told what to do. Like when the elders give their blessing of approval. Well, at least right. it was like for me in, in my Indian culture. It's that approval blessing. Okay, well, what about when your kids start dating? Mm. Your boys, which is only a couple years away, by the way. Stop. <laughs> Weird. So are you, they, you know, you're going to meet the girlfriend or they're going to meet your mom? Okay, they're probably going to go to Nanima. They are Nanima. I'll tell them right now, go to Nanima. <laughs> go to Nanima. Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. I just called in because I was listening to the radio about who it's more scary to meet, the grandparents or the parents, but I'm the big sister, and we lost both of our parents, but I say I'm the scariest because my brother brings no one home to me. Oh, <laughs> big Harsh. sister. I love it. Yeah, I could see all that responsibility falling on you. Totally. Yeah, for sure. So have you ever liked any of your brother's girlfriends? Uh, <laughs> one maybe, but he's long gone. Okay, is anybody good enough for your brother? Good question. No. (laughs) Holly and Nira. Virgin. It's time for a Holly and Nira show intervention. Are you okay, Nira? I'm fine. I don't know why you're You're asking. You're absolutely not fine. (laughs) Nira, you casually made a comment to me yesterday, just sort of like casually dropped an absolute bomb, and I'm very worried for you. I did? (laughs) Nervous where you're at. These days, what did I say? I can't help but sort of want to deep dive a little bit into your what you thought was just a really cool, chill, very casual comment. I think you're enjoying this way too much, by the way. Nira casually throws it out there yesterday. She's like, uh, You know what I want to do? I'm like, what, girlfriend? She's like, I want to re watch Squid Game, the tug of war episode, <laughs> and really break it down. <laughs> Um, pardon? Yes, I do, actually. She's like, specifically. Yes, the tug of war. Are you okay? I, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Dude, first of all, that is a screwed up show. <laughs> if you haven't seen Squid Game, it'll screw it with you. Okay. And specifically, the most mind-bending, screwing-with-you episode is the tug of war episode. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know why you need to go back and like analyze it. Like what part and why and am I involved because I don't want to be. There's so many parts of that tug of war episode that I am intrigued by. Mm. Yeah, the whole show itself messed up. But the tug of war episode, because you know how I'm super competitive, right? Yeah, Squid Game is all about, like, if you win the game, you yeah. stay alive. You stay if alive. you lose the game, you're dead. Yeah, so it was so much about the, the, the tactic of the tug of war. Oh, yes. And it's about keeping your feet forward, but then your knees at an angle. And there's a certain move you're supposed to do as a team. Uh, and the, uh, about not wasting your energy on the shorter tugs. And there's something about the strain of your thighs. There was so much information in that episode of things that I felt like I could learn life lessons from just from my own personal life. Well, so again, tug of war. I don't understand why from Squid Game. Like, I don't know. Because you're right. When you think about tug of war, even just at a park, at a birthday party, yeah. whatever, sports day at school. I don't think they do that anymore. But you go and you think it was just about strength, just yes. about pulling. No. But there's there there are techniques. Yeah, and then also they got me because they held on for a certain point, especially with the way they all leaned back at the same time. And as the leader, like there was two leaders who kind of took over during the tug of war scene. Mm-hmm. It was the leader at the beginning, the old man, and then the leader at the end. All of a sudden, who made the final call of what we need to do, and the whole team had to listen. And if they didn't, they were they right. were goners. Okay, all of that really intrigued me with that tug of war episode. Okay, and. The final, the final thing that they did, like, I don't want to give it away, but I mean, the show's kind of old now, right? But how at the very end, they had to really let the other team think they were winning. Mm-hmm. And that's what got them to win then. Okay. I want to go back. I want to analyze the psyche of the human brain or how that whole thing worked with the, with the tug of war. So it's not, it's about teamwork? I think so. Teamwork, winning. But like how to mentally screw with people? Yeah, that, sort of. Like, okay. There was. There was a major mental screw. Okay. I'm so glad I'm on your team. <laughs> Thank you. Get up. Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. I feel the need to be concerned. Hi, my name is Nira. Oh boy, here we go. And my birthday's coming up this weekend. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm a birthday person for sure. I love I, I love everyone's birthday. I'm not just about my birthday. But a very shocking person is obsessed with my birthday. And it's not me. It's Holly. Oh, yeah. Holly, for some reason, is uber obsessed with my birthday this year. And if you don't know Holly... I must inform you, Holly can't stand birthdays. Hate birthdays. Okay, I don't like using that word, but yes. Dislike strongly. She dislikes strongly birthdays. <laughs> and I've never liked them. It's not like this is a new thing. No. It has to do with getting older. Nothing. Even as a child, my mom's like, you never wanted a party. And mm-hmm. when we did have a birthday party for you, you always cried. Yes. I'm like, exactly. I don't like birthdays. Too much never. attention. It's just, no. Ew, no. And it may have started with this uh, dislike of birthdays for your own birthday, but then gradually it grew. It grew to a point where... You know, for the 15, 16 years that we've actually been interacting, you and I at work, uh-huh. I've always known you as not liking anyone's birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not thinking anybody's birthday is a big deal. Someone's like, it's my birthday. You're like, yeah. So, so congratulations. Every day, a is, Tuesday. every day is somebody's birthday. <laughs> but for some reason, this year for my birthday, I have never had Holly. Hey, your birthday's coming up. Dude, I've been uh, counting down since January. Yeah. What are you What are you doing for your birthday? So mm-hmm. what's the friends? I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're actually tripping me out. Why are you interested in my birthday? I feel 
major pressure <laughs> to make sure you have an amazing birthday this year because the birthday person, there used to be two birthday people yeah. on this show. Yeah. You, Nira, mm -hmm. love your birthday. You celebrate everyone's. You bring presents. You've got drinks and this and that. Whenever it's anybody's Hugs birthday. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's birthday. I love giving presents. I yeah. love alcohol. I love giving yeah. you treats. I want to bring you food. I want to bring you presents. And Johnny was the other birthday yes. person whose Me birthday Johnny. would last for months. Yeah, Johnny was extreme. His birthday was like an Indian wedding. It okay. went on and on and on and on. So where's Johnny? He's gone. Yes, Johnny. Johnny's now gone. He's retired radio. Where are you? It's your birthday. So who's left to deal with it? <laughs> Me. Oh, thank you for the Punjabi birthday song. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I have been planning now. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure for your birthday I know. for so long. Is it because you don't want me to feel so disappointed and I miss Johnny so much and then feel bad that I work with you? Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> Because I haven't thought about that at all. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't. No, not at all. But I also like, I just feel like I'm the only, who else, who's going to deliver all these things that we, for some reason, have made a thing in this building when it yeah. comes to birthdays. It's like, we got to go to Starbucks yes. and spend $7 on a coffee. Oh, it's your birthday yes. coffee. Yes. And then there's always got to be a treat of some kind. Yes, of course. Or a food that's brought and in. And alcohol. Alcohol also has to be there. A present. Yes. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> and it started last week. Like Johnny took you to do a leap on Friday night. Yes, for my birthday. And as a surprise, I was there too. Yes, you were part of my birthday <laughs> surprise. And we took care of all the drinks all night. I don't yes. know if you knew that. <laughs> but that, I just want you to know so that you know. Well, I didn't pay for anything, so I'm okay. assuming somebody did. Okay, we did. Okay. We paid for everything. Right on. Okay, so that's a start. Yes. And there's more things coming. More things coming. And I, I've <gasps> never seen you like this, but I want Freaking you to know. Out. It's not fun for me if you're stressed out about my I'm birthday. So I, I want you sleeping. to want this. No, I'm never going to want this as a thing. I don't like birthdays. And I'd like to say I don't want you to have any more, but that's, that, that comes across in the wrong I'm way. I'm not going to I'm sorry. Holly and Nira. Our boyfriend, he's coming. Sean Mendez, you want to see him. Rogers Arena, so excited. July 2nd. He's going to be here in the flesh. I like that you say our boyfriend. Like this could be like all of the lower mainland. Of course, I love to share. <laughs> Sharing wow. is caring, seriously. Oh wow. Sean Mendez, Rogers Arena, July 2nd. Would you like to go? Caller 25 is going right now. Let's say good morning to... Is this Christine? Yeah. Good morning, Christine. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling from Mira's hometown, Nanaimo. Woo! Island Girls Rock, Christine! <laughs> and guess what? Now you're coming to the Lower Mainland. You are coming across the waters of the BC ferries oh just boy. so you can see Sean Mendez. What? It's legit. It's so intense. Oh, my gosh. This is perfect timing. My daughter <laughs> is having her birthday next month. Oh, my gosh. She's so going to be excited to get these tickets. Aww. Okay, and Christine, admit it. You want to see Sean Mendez too? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She's in denial. Admit it. It's all good. And happy birthday to your daughter. What's her name? Her name is Amelia. Amelia, so oh, cute. Amelia enjoys Sean Mendez. Wow. Christine, best mom ever. And Nanaimo's amazing. So thank you. Okay, wow. Thank you so much. Okay, you two can have your moment off the air. And um, Hold don't on, forget Christine. <laughs> more Sean Mendez tickets tomorrow morning at eight thirty. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. What's your number? 
your chew number. Because this is absolutely ridiculous, Nira. There is a new recommended number of times that you are supposed to chew your food for, quote, optimal digestion. Isn't it like 28 or something? More. 38? Lower. 34. Lower. Okay. 32. <laughs> what? Okay. My 28 was pretty much on point. That is ridiculous. When is the last time you've chewed something? 28 times. It depends what's in my mouth. Okay. Yeah. It depends. Okay. I like to do optimal chewing. It's really good for your digestion. Hi, I'm Nira. I'm an optimal <laughs> chewer. Oh, my God. No, I'm serious. It's a really important thing for digestion. Current, like, all the time, constantly, I'm selling, telling my kids, chew, 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 chew before you swallow. Lots of chewing, lots of chewing, lots of chewing. People look at me like I'm crazy mm-hmm. because if you swallow too soon, first of all, the saliva that's in your mouth has this amazing science inside of it. All go. these perfect chemicals, all these things that are so important for breakdown, these enzymes. If you don't allow that saliva and the enzymes to do its work, the food actually isn't ready for digestion. And if you've sent it down your throat, like down the esophagus too soon into your stomach, then your stomach has to work extra hard to break down that food and it causes a lot of indigestion. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally messed up then. They say 32 times is the optimal amount of chewing for most food, but things like steak and nuts you should chew at least 40 times. That makes sense. But watermelon, less. You can get away with 10 chews for watermelon. Because it's water-based. Seriously, I can't get more than one chew of watermelon and it's I'm down the hatch. There's many reasons, though, you should also do this because it's really good for your brain as well to send signals to your stomach. So while you're chewing, the brain is also sending signals to your stomach that something is about to, you know, come down and you're going to have to do some work. And also to give your stomach that full feeling. If you chew too fast and swallow too fast, you end up eating way more than your body's ready for as well. Oh, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I get a stomach ache like about 10 minutes later. I'm like, you know, all those oh, tummy God, issues I, you have. I ate too much food. You all the tummy issues you have? Yeah, but things taste so good and I don't want to chew 38 times or whatever. Like, that's ridiculous. Hey, that 32? Makes no, that makes no sense. If things taste so good, Ugh. then chew longer so you can enjoy the taste. That's the other problem that we have in our North American culture, by the way. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's North American society. We are so focused on next that we even do that with our food. We don't actually enjoy what's in our mouth. Enjoy what's in your mouth. Really inhale, exhale, think about what you're putting in your mouth. No, have that constant feeling of thankfulness and gratitude too. That all helps with the chewing process. That's terrible advice. And they say before you get your next bite started, you should actually finish chewing and swallowing before you get your next bite started and that'll help you chew more too. Okay, but you're, I have to go back because you said while I'm chewing 32 times to inhale and exhale, I'm going to choke. <laughs> I'm going to choke 100%. I meant like feel the feeling. <laughs> feel the feeling. Enjoy. I'm that, hungry. That's why European cultures are always telling North American cultures. You guys are too fast at everything. Chill it out, man. Enjoy. Right. That's why we're not enjoying. We even don't even enjoy. While we're eating breakfast, we're asking what's for lunch. Mm-hmm. While we're eating lunch, we're like, what's for dinner? Mm-hmm. How about you just enjoy lunch? How about right. you just enjoy breakfast first? Right. And chew. Chew on that. Good one. That's not bad. (laughs) Holly and Nira. Virgin. No. No. I refuse science. Shocking. Science is wrong. About coffee. What did science say about your precious coffee? You know what science said? That you shouldn't drink coffee first thing in the morning. (laughs) Go away. Are you sure? 
This is what they just found out. Some very smart scientists have just come out with some brand new information. Mm -hmm. And they've linked drinking coffee first thing in the morning with feeling a little bit depressed. And they say it's something about when you're sleeping, your cortisol levels, you're like, is that your happy hormone or endorphins are the happy one? Which is the bad one? Cortisol is the stress one, right? Cortisol is the stress one. Right. And endorphins are the good one. Endorphins are the good feel-good hormones. Okay, so they yeah. say your cortisol level, the bad ones, actually heighten when you're sleeping. And first thing in the morning, you should wait at least, get ready, two hours oh. before you drink coffee. Okay, that's fine for me. I don't mind. And I refuse. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. No. Okay, but let's let's talk uh. about the... Okay, explain the science, though, because it is true. You know how there's so many times that we have said you... F- like, I feel more sick at night if you have a little bit of a cold. But at Oh, for night, sure, for sure. It's because your cortisol level is going to hyper overdrive. Something. And they're, they're working on your body. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their time to do their work. That's why you feel more sick at night because your body's been working to fight off everything that's happening. Okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, so if those levels are high in your body and they're already on overdrive and they're working so hard, is there a reason why adding cof- coffee to that is detrimental to you or not good for you? They say humans don't sleep enough right now. Yeah. We need to sleep way more than we sleep. And so basically your body has like a natural circadian sleep thing. And because we're cutting off our sleep, we're waking up too early, we're going to bed too late, we're not getting enough sleep. So for our body to process all this bad um, cortisol, yeah, it's we're supposed to still be asleep and then it trickles off and then we can wake up and feel great. But we wake up too early or we go to bed too late, so we cut off our sleep. So when we wake up in the morning, we're not chill yet. We're still cortisol level zone high. But adding coffee will do what, though? It makes you anxious. It, it, oh. it, the combination of cortisol and coffee, and it has to be caffeinated, uh, is just really... They just say it's not good for your body. It's not a good way to start the day. And people said they actually felt more depressed if they drank coffee in the first two hours of their day than after, which mm. seems like, no, not drinking coffee would throw me into a depression. Two hours after you wake up. Yeah. When you first wake up, how quickly are you having coffee? Well, okay, this is tough for this shift because we're up at 3.30. Yeah. I'm not in the kitchen making coffee at 3.40 a.m. Yeah. I'm making it probably, I, I get it about 4.15. But you do, and then you start drinking it at 4.15? I have some sips. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fine with the two-hour thing. I think my body has had its time to... You even this morning, you were looking at me and my giant thermos of hot water because I I refuse to drink coffee until I've gone through my thermos of hot water. Yeah, she does some mantras and a hot water. Yes, I have to release the toxins from the night. This is what I say to you. Releasing my toxins. Yes. This morning, Holly, I swear, she looks at me at 6.01 and she said, I know it's 6.01 because she goes, hey, it's 6.01. Get your coffee. I'm like, like, no, I'm not ready yet. I, d- tell the truth, I tell you, my body's not ready for the coffee yet. Yes, and I don't understand. Because I, f- I must feel the cortisol. I must feel it. I must feel that Maybe. my body's not ready. I need to give myself a little bit of time before it's coffee time. I panic if I don't drink coffee, like, right away. Are you listening to your body? No. <laughs> That's the problem. I need coffee. Listen to your gut. You don't need the coffee to listen. You need to listen before the coffee. Oh, okay, boy. try tomorrow morning for us all. How try to listen first and then drink your coffee. I'll be asleep <laughs> here at work. Holly and Mira.